Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The March Ball. Hello there and welcome to the Matchball 30 brought to you by Levi Solicitors. You can get 10% off your legal fees if you get to levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan Moylan. Hello. With me, Michael Normanton. Hello. Moscow White. Daniel Chapman. Hello. 1st of December 1990 today and Leeds United undefeated since the 20th of October. Things going pretty well at the minute. Draw to Aston Villa. Win against Forest at home, Man City away, Derby at home, and that draw at Highfield Road last time out at the back end of November. And today is Southampton arriving at Ellen Road and nearly 30,000 people in the house to witness this one. We're not going down, are we? Which is good. And everybody's excited to see the return of Mickey Adams, sold by Howard Wilkinson, but excited to have him back. Those lineups then, some very familiar names in these lineups. For Leeds, John Lukic, Mel Sterland, Chris Fairclough, Chris White, Peter Haddock making up the back four. And then we've got Gordon Strachan, Gary Mack, Gary Speed, and David Batty, the famous four across midfield, with Carl Schutz and Lee Chapman up front with Andy Williams and John Pearson on the bench. For Southampton, Tim Flowers in goal, who was very good. Uh, Neil Ruddock, Mickey Adams, former Leeds player, Russell Osman, Alexei Cherednik, Barry Horn. Hard bastard. Glenn Cockrell, Jimmy Case, Matt Letizia, Paul Rideout, Alan Shearer, and on the bench, Rod Wallace and somebody else. Yeah, I couldn't track down who the, um, the other substitute was. Francis Benali. Oh, was it? I discovered. Uh, uh-huh. well, I, I, mean, think, I thought he played every single game for Southampton for about 20 years, so I don't know why he's not in the, in the team. He'll have lost his place to Alexei Cherednik, who I think was the first player from the Soviet Union to play in the first division. You, but we've spoken about all these communists before. Remember we had, it was the QPR goalkeeper. He was a communist, wasn't he? The Czechoslovakian one, yes. Yeah, yeah they're gradually infiltrating the top league. And this one, we set off at quite the pace. 2-0 up inside 10 minutes. Game one. Easy. Easy, this first division football lark. Should the first goal have counted? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, so this one is it's a Chris Fairclough header. So let's set it up. How is it set up, first of all? White puts a long ball down the uh, down the right-hand side, heads it to McAllister, who does a delightful little skip past the defender, chips it to the back post, and no one has spotted that Chris Fairclough is there, sneaking in behind Lee Chapman. From that position, you think he should be heading it back across goal, don't you? It looks like he's going to head it back to Lee Chapman to just nod in from like a yard out in prime Chapman territory, but actually Chris Fairclough directs it straight towards goal, but it hits Tim Flowers. Straight into the goal, according to the linesman. Long way, all the way into the... Uh... Over the line and everything. <laughs> the goal line technology, i.e. the pair of eyes on the far touchline, said it was in 
So I'm prepared to go with that because it benefited us and nobody else. I mean, as if this ball is over the line. It doesn't look like There's it. There's another it, chance it, in hell. Even from a, a front-on angle, it doesn't look like it, does it? I don't think anyone would have necessarily even appealed, but they seem to give it without anyone even asking for it almost. If this, this was mundane, they did that thing where it stops on the line. It's stopping almost entirely in front of the line, I think, is this one. I just don't think... No, no part of Tim Flowers is behind the line, so I don't really understand how it's been given. But I think it was uh, a lead we deserved, all the same. After, what was it, about three minutes or something? Oh, it'd been coming. And then straight after that, Carl shot again, very much justifying his place and the fact that he's offering that little bit more up front alongside Lee Chapman. Classic training ground stuff, this. I imagine Wilco making him do this about 200 times during the week. Nice long throw. Flick on, shut volleys in. A good, a good solid Wilkinson goal. It's your classic near post backwards header, isn't it? The sort of thing that they used to teach kids out of textbooks in the 1980s. It's Mel Sterling with the throw and Chris White with the, the flick on. And as you say, I'm sure they've done this hundreds, if not thousands of times on the training ground. And work's a charm. And there we are, 10 minutes played, 2-0 up. Chris Fairclough, Carl Shutt, all good. We're good, this Leeds team. We are good and we're going to win it. Probably not. Mind you, Liverpool are still undefeated, aren't they, at this point? But um, it's nice to see us making such great progress. And it wasn't that solid in the second half, though, despite the the bright start. No, there were a couple of problems. We'd played QPR in midweek in the League Cup and Gordon Strachan had had gone off near the end with a calf strain. And there was some talk about whether we would make this match. And Harold Wilkinson was quite open afterwards. He said he shouldn't have played. He wasn't fit enough. But he said... A half-fit Gordon Strachan is better than no Gordon Strachan, so he, he picked him anyway. And Don Waters, before the game, the Yorkshire Evening Post's uh, Phil Hay of the day, was, um, or Graham Smith, him. <laughs> poor Graham. <laughs> Always forget, <laughs> poor old Graham exists. Um, <laughs> had pointed out that before this Southampton game, Gordon Strachan, since signing, had played 7,340 out of 7,380 possible minutes for Leeds United. He'd missed 40 minutes of football since signing in March 1989, which is incredible for somebody who's just about to turn or just had turned 34 years old and Alex Ferguson basically thought was finished. I've just done the maths on that. This is prime Mateus Click territory. That's 82 games and he's only missed, what, 40 minutes of that. Wow. That's a lot of games. But it did start to show that we weren't as good in the rest of the game and McAllister injured a thigh in a tackle um, I can't remember who's tackled him, but there's some strong old players in that Southampton team. I know they have Matt Letissier, who is all the uh, all the the sass, and Rodney Wallace to come off the bench. But Neil Razor Ruddock, <laughs> Barry Horn, as Michael says, just basically a thug. Glenn Cockrell and Jimmy Case, both in the fifties, just still playing the football of 1964. <laughs> I can't accept Ruddock for Southampton. I don't know why. It's just it completely bypassed me that he played for them at all and he played loads of games for him. I just think of him as Spurs and Liverpool and then West Ham and not being able to fit into some Swindon shorts. They had a, a decent set of young players. Tim Flowers is is a young man at this point. Obviously, oh, do you know what? I was desperate for us to sign him at some point. I loved Tim Flowers. He was no Nigel Martin though, was he? No, I mean, um, we, we got Nigel in the end, but Tim Flowers, it was, it was my secret crush. You know, the one that you're not allowed to admit that you like from another club. And then Matt Letizier is a is a good young player. Can't that, see him keeping hold of him, to be honest. He'll be off somewhere soon, won't he? Alan Shearer was, you know, he's coming in as a striker. Rod Wallace, and they already had, uh, Danny Wallace had gone to scum, but um, I see Ray Wallace was only just missed out on selection for this game. So that's a good core of exciting young players, but unfortunately for Southampton, they did tend 
to just surround them with, yeah, the combined ages of Russell Osman, Glenn Cockrell and Jimmy Case. Old, old men. And words that will send terror into the hearts of many Leeds fans. There's a, a ball forwards into the Leeds area five minutes into the second half and you see Alan Shearer rise and uh, miss it and it goes onto the head of Paul Rideout instead who, who tucks it in. But Shearer, Shearer would pick it up in years to come. For some reason, no one seems to have bothered standing anywhere near Paul Rideout when this goes in. He's com- He's got about 20 yards of space to himself in the box. I assume he's broken some sort of offside trap to do this. The second half did become difficult after that. We, we relied on um, John Lukic to keep us ahead in this game and uh, he ends up the England B squad had been announced but it had about 70 players in it at this point and um, after this performance uh, Laurie McMenemy had been at QPR in midweek to watch Mel Sterling, David Batty and John Lukic and all three of them made the cut but Strachan is adamant after Strachan the game Strachan didn't make the cut then for the England B team he did not but he did say after the game that uh, Lukic should just be in the A team he said he's the best in the country now and um, Wilkinson praised him for this one as well he said uh, John has got the, the knack of appearing to do it the lazy way <laughs> being where the ball is without any histrionics not these fancy foreigners diving around and punching it England B games by the way used to be a thing not anymore, are they? Yeah, people may not remember that there used to be a whole uh, subclass of international fixtures that were actually very popular. You'd get big attendances and things would um, would ride on them. And yeah, so we'll um, we'll deal with uh, with their trip out to Algeria for that game when it comes up. But um, he is responsible for anyone as as keeping us two uh, one ahead after what um, Wilkinson ended up describing overall as one of the scratchiest performances of the season. Never happy, is he? Despite it being the fourth win in five and we've been undefeated for about a month and a half. And it is. This is a classic Howard Wilkinson Leeds performance that we fine-tuned in the second division and have carried on in the first division where we just batter them in the first 10, 15 minutes of the game. And then we've got something to defend. Their um, manager, Chris Nicholl, said that they were ready for that. He said, although we were ready, we couldn't handle it in the first 15 minutes. The crowd and atmosphere seemed to frighten us. We lost the game in those early minutes. And that's what we used to do at Elland Road. Batter them straight from kickoff, score as many goals as we could, and then we're done. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And as we mentioned before there, we're on a generally good run overall because we're through to the quarterfinal of the League Cup because we did thump QPR 3-0 down at Loftus Road. And we've got Villa at Ellen Road in the next round. Rumbelow's Cup, please. Let's use the sponsors' names. What is Rumbelow's for the benefit of the 2020 audience? You could rent a television from them. And washing machines, I believe. Yeah, basically all the stuff that they've just stuck on the side of the East Stand today yes. as we record that uh, so that makes it just look like a branch of Rumble O's circa 1990. Yeah, you go in and get your... Um, your white goods. Your white goods on higher purchase. I'm a radio rental man myself. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the sort of thing back when, if you were a student, you would cobble together with your mates to rent something, wouldn't you? Rather than these days, whether it's only like a couple of hundred quid for a washer, isn't it? Or your landlord will stick one in, but... Ah, oh, happy days. Happy days. England B internationals. <laughs> Rumbelows, wasn't it? Mm. Mm. <laughs> goalposts. Asbestos. Mm. And we're going to Wembley. We are. We're, we're, we're with a good shout, to be fair. And there was um, a lot of money in the in the competition and also possibly a route to Europe, which is why it had um, Bill Fotherby's attention. And we beat QPR. Obviously, there was some worry after we lost to them in the, uh, in the league. Roy Wegerly. Um, is being described at this point as certain for international honours with England. Um, Hang on a second. Isn't he either South African and or American? Well, that's what we established. We weren't going to let that stop um, Graham Taylor from picking him. Mind you, Tony Dorigo is going to get a game soon and he's Australian. So We kept him very quiet in this match, though, and QPR have been absolutely terrible since beating us. So we just did to them what we did to Southampton. 3-0 up by 20 minutes, game done. And McAllister only took two minutes to score one of the absolute classic McAllister goals. This is a spectacular goal. Utterly spectacular. He absolutely, he, he breaks with such pace from midfield and he absolutely twats it. And in fact, talking about that communist, communist in Nets wasn't happy, was he? Didn't get anywhere near it, did he? Another another victory for the West. And, and if you see him in the wake of this, just as he sort of picks himself up off the floor or whatever, he looks sideways. I don't know if he's looking at the linesman. I mean, you could call him linesman back then as well, couldn't you? 1990, eh? And he looks across at the linesman as if to say, Something's got to be wrong with this, or whatever f- fancy foreign language he speaks. No blasters. We said no blasters. The um, there's a nice bit from Don Waters in the the YEP about that goal. Where he says we hadn't seen it much from McAllister, but those of us who were who have been observing him at Ellen Road know that he can kick a football very hard. <laughs> it sounds like it's straight out of your coaching manual, that Michael. And he proved it with this goal. It's a great one. It's um, it's out there on the YouTube, but it's not on the end of season video because it's just early rounds of the League Cup. So it's kind of a it's a bit of a lost classic from Gary McAllister that one. And the it's worth knowing that the the following goals, Chris Fairclough making it two on forty minutes, then um, five minutes later, Lee Chapman similar to Fairclough's goal against Southampton. Kenny Sanson headed it back out, but the linesman said it was over the line. That will do. And that was, Chapman then had six goals in six consecutive games and one more, if he had scored against Southampton, would have equaled Peter Lorimer and John McCall's post-war Leeds United record. He couldn't quite do it. 
And Chris Fairclough, having made that mistake against Coventry last week, two goals in two games. So he's turned that around. And um, and yeah, Don Howe, uh, similar to Chris Nichols, kind of uh, just nothing you can really do about us at this point. He just says, and it's, he says, we knew Leeds would play it like that. They play powerhouse football and it is good stuff at times. Very exciting. And it's it's hard not to think of the way people talk about Leeds United under Marcelo Bielsa now, where it's, say, it's the football they play is so powerful. They blow us away. We can't keep up with them. And developments at the top end of the table, which we are starting to cement ourselves into that sort of top four or five now. Just having a look at the results from across the day and the big clash that weekend, apart from we had Chelsea against Spurs, which finished uh, 3-2. Arsenal against Liverpool, the big match that was on Sunday afternoon. You'll remember both Arsenal and Liverpool at this point undefeated and running away with this division to some extent. Arsenal 3, Liverpool nil, inflicting Liverpool's first defeat of the season, meaning that Liverpool do remain top on 38 points, having played 15, won 12 of them, drawn two and finally lost one. And scored 32 goals but conceded 12 now with a goal difference of 20. But this is where it starts to get interesting at the top with Arsenal now having claimed those three points. Back on them, the proverbial six-pointer. They are now just tucked in behind them with 11 wins, four draws and still no defeats with goals 4-30 and against just the six. George Graham there, by any chance, in operation at, at Highbury. And um, better goal difference of 24 and just a point there behind Liverpool. You'd still have to think Liverpool will go on and win it though. Oh, Costa, after that strong start, Costa will. Palace, though, in third uh, on 30 points, so seven points behind Arsenal. Spurs just behind them on 29, but then Leeds, 26 points. So just hanging on to the coattails of Spurs there within one one game of them. And some teams from Manchester just behind us on 24 and 23 points. It does show how it's shaping up to be a bit of a, a two-horse race when um, Crystal Palace, bless them, they've only lost once and are seven points behind second. It's going to... It's hard to see who's going to get involved with um, Liverpool and Arsenal at the top, but um, if there is going to be a, a European place for third, we're not bad placed for taking that off Crystal Palace if we can't qualify through the Rumbelows Cup. And what? that's the big, big target. European football is a massive deal. Four wins in five, we're on for it. And it also means that Wilco is named Manager of the Month for November because he's done some good stuff. Do you know what he gets for that? What? Well, two prizes. And I will bet, He's got one of these still, but not the other. What do you reckon? I mean, given the era, a bottle of whiskey and some cigs. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Not far off. He's got an inscribed plate and a cheque for £250. Cash is nice, isn't it, for a, for a manager to win? You don't get that anymore, do you? No. They paid too well. Here's 250 quid for you. What do you think he spent that on? I wonder if... It, I'm, I'm sure I saw David Batty got a, a Young Eagle award and he gave the the cash to charity. So I can't imagine Howard Wilkinson's just put that check in his back pocket. You're right. Well, I'll, I'll buy McKennigan and slap up dinner. I bet he's had the rest of his plates inscribed for 250 quid. That's what he's done with that. <laughs> All of his plates. You, you just go around to Wilkinson's house for tea and you have your chips off something that says underneath. <laughs> the manager back, of the month. Is manager of the month for November <laughs> 1990. 1990. <laughs> oh, great stuff. And... We're not done yet with the the hunt for players. We're still looking for players. And these two names, obviously, who we know, went on to make great waves in the international game. I mean, where do you go for top international players? Brazil? Germany? Oh, I'd probably think maybe Argentina as well. Mm, good shout, good shout. But do you know what they are? Expensive. Mm, Spain? France? No, no. Keep All right. Further I'm, north. Well, keep, 
Uh, Fran- uh, Andorra? Get in the North Sea and just keep going. <laughs> um, the Faroe Islands. Yeah. The two players, um, well, the team as a whole, performed very well recently against Australia and Denmark. So no wonder we'd want to take a look at their uh, their stars, Alan Morcor and Jan Dam. Jean Claude Jan Dam to give him his full title. He doesn't look quite as strong as his namesake. Looking at the photo of them both, it's strange. Um, I assume, yeah, Alan Morcor to the left have put him in a, a, a Leeds top from the previous season. I think it's the only one they had knocking around. He looks cold. Bless him. He can't be cold. To be fair, we're heading into winter now. Perfect for these conditions. You, you know, you want all these fancy foreigners from like Brazil and stuff. Can they do it in February in whatever it was, the, the Goldstone ground? Yeah, fine. Well, Get some Faroe Islands internationals, windswept Faroe Islands internationals, and they'll be fine because it looks like we've got a cold winter in store in 1990 as well. Just Fulham. only get people from the Arctic Circle. Can, they're the only ones who can withstand Fullerton Park in, uh, in yeah. November. Get mining that Svalbard team. They did not play, however, in our reserve game at Coventry, although our Bulgarian international trialist Nikolay Ilyev did in a 2-2 draw. Our goals came from Andy Williams and Simon Grayson. Yet to break through, but... um, Sorry, Bulgarian? Yes. More communist spies? Yep, almost certainly. Well, what do we know about the the political makeup of the Faroe Islands government? Anything (laughs) at this point? But they look like nice young lads, so let's let's wish them well and hope they enjoy their stay in, in Leeds. Maybe they can get a they can go and watch us play um, our next game at Old Trafford, which has come around quickly. And queues for the tickets there. God. Lots and lots of people wanting tickets for this. And bearing in mind they started moaning about the allocation they got at Elland Road. Yeah, there's been a bit of a whinge. The way Elland Road is at this point, we've discussed Fotherby's infamous dads and lads enclosure that you couldn't get anybody into and the percentages of how much capacity there was. They they claimed not to be able to offer anybody more than 1,500 away tickets. And Martin Edwards at Scum was saying that they'd had letters from fans saying you should give Leeds 1,500 tickets just to serve them right. And he's saying, no, 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 we're not going to do any, any tit-for-tat nonsense. However, they have only offered us 3,000 standing plus 500 seats compared to the 5,500 people that we took to Coventry. And bearing in mind... Um, scum at Old Trafford for the first time since uh, 1981, I think, is a big deal. Uh, that has inevitably led to problems when um, our new general manager, Alan Roberts, was already despairing about the ticket system. Remember, he was going to drag it into the car park and leave it there. Well, I'm pleased to say that me and my mum and dad got tickets for this after queuing. So we'll be going to Old Trafford next week. Did you only buy yourself tickets? Because there were some claims that some people had bought 40. Uh, as far as I'm aware, we weren't touting. I mean, I certainly don't remember my early touting career when I was, let me think about it, uh, 12. Well, but what about your mum and dad, though? The, you'd, have, um, you'd have been perfect. You couldn't have done time for it. That's true, yeah. No, I, w- I was over the age of criminal responsibility at that point, wasn't I? So probably best to avoid that one. But yeah, yeah, this membership scheme, I mean, we know there have been ticket issues with Leeds United's ticket office across the years, and maybe this was one of the early gripes about it. Yeah, there was a, a 200-yard queue of people. Some people, Andrew Bowman from Lynham Crescent in Liversidge had queued overnight to... Does it, does it really need to publish his street address? They used to do that. You know, my um, my mate had his uh, his full address, including house number published, I think it was in, in, the, uh, in the Scarborough paper, I can't remember the name of it. But yeah, his full street address with house number when it was like congratulating him for his 10th birthday. <laughs> yeah. That's what he did. More innocent times. Andrew, I hope he's listening and I hope he's well. Um, he's 20 years old. He's a production worker. 
He said that it was about a dozen fans by midnight. By midnight. They enjoyed five-a-side football, which means two people were left out, which is a bit of a shame, and they enjoyed a sing-song as well. Is it worth it? Of course it is. Manchester United is the biggest game of the season. However, 2,000 people ended up being turned away because the idea was you were allowed to buy one ticket for every member's card you had with you. So there were saying people at the front of the queue were turned up with 40 member's cards and had bought all the tickets, so 2,000 didn't get them and then they were off to sell them in the pubs. Alan Roberts denied that. He said the most that anyone bought was 17. <laughs> Um, and it's absolutely no surprise to me if you remember that the was it the previous club secretary quit earlier in the yes. season because of the fiasco over the the computer system. He just couldn't face it anymore. But Alan Roberts says the, the most anyone bought was seventeen, and I told our ticket staff that was too many. <laughs> so all Good. sorted. That's fine. That's been sorted. Then right uh, forward and over the Pennines to Manchester United and Old Trafford on December the eighth. We'll speak to you then. The match ball. 